right, we're back with another episode of the One Third Two Breeze podcast. As always, this is Marlo joined by Casey. Ed, Casey, are you enjoying the Halloween candy as much as I am? Uh, yeah, we have so much. My wife is a habitual overbuyer of the Halloween candy, <laughs> which is okay as far as, uh, you know, uh, negatives in uh, a wife. That's a, uh, an okay one to have. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're living through that. Uh, you know, the teeth hurt a little. The stomach hurts a little bit more. But we're getting through it. How about you? Yeah, you never want to be the house that runs out of candy. So, better to over, over buy the candy than under. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, as we speak, rifling through my son's candy. Um, we actually did run out of candy. We we're the house that ran out of candy, but wow. we just left the bowl outside. So that was bound to happen. People just threw eggs at your house or <laughs> toilet paper to you or something. I'm trying to think, like, I don't remember, I've never remembered any, either. I don't know anybody who's ever run out of candy, although I guess that's not true because you just said you did. <laughs> or it's clearly not as big of a deal <laughs> as, as we make it out to be. Because I don't think I don't think anybody cares, but we uh, internalize it and make it um, make it make it a bigger deal than it is. But it is a also Alyssa Happy's Marlo, right? Happy yep. uh, belated birthday to you! Oh, thank you. Yep, a happy Halloween, I guess, and a happy November, which people have been saying today. I've seen, and it feels very weird. <laughs> <laughs> happy Happy November. I don't know why, but I've seen that multiple times today, or or. Uh, on like the broadcast and stuff today, but um, yeah, but I, I guess the most important one was, was a happy birthday to you, Marlo. So uh, I'm belated happy birthday and uh, hope it was a good one. Yeah, you're gonna get the older, sophisticated me on this podcast. Yeah, uh, so be ready. Turning a new leaf. To That's right. Older and sophisticated. We were so young and unsophisticated <laughs> seven days ago. Yep. Um, all right. Well, let's dive into it, Marlo. Uh, we'll start off talking about our Badgers and I guess their lack of a football game. Um, yeah. And I guess <clears throat> before we get into maybe the Badgers, uh, I just want to do one more thing on, on Halloween weekend. <laughs> uh, normally, my favorite part of Halloween weekend is watching college football because it always feels like this is the weekend where stuff gets crazy. Right, like there's yeah. upsets or there's crazy games. The student sections are crazy uh, because it is Halloween. Uh, night games are awesome. The Pac-12 game is late. This is normally like one of my favorite college football weekends. Yeah. You realize how old you are because you don't get half the costumes that are in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, give. You know, but there's always like the Mario one or something. It's like, yeah, I know that guy. Um, but yeah, so I. No, I definitely noticed as I was watching college football games this weekend uh, that that was missing, and obviously the huge void was the Badgers not playing this weekend. Yeah. So as we talked, yeah, we talked about last week. Uh, as we talked about, it was a possibility at that point, and then the hammer came down. Uh, I think Tuesday or Wednesday that the game wasn't going to be played. I think the Tuesday was rumblings, and Wednesday they canceled it. I think is how it, how it went. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we got the yeah we got the confirmation that Mertz, Mertz, Mertz got the second test back. Yeah. Then we found out that the <laughs> backup to backup, the backup to the backup, got it, and then widespread. It just got widespread. Kurt or Chris got it. Yeah. Um, and so games canceled. Now we're in the middle of this this protocol, which I Casey this whole weekend, or when that game got canceled, I I, meant, I was almost was like, should we have emergency pod because I need to talk about this, but. <laughs> 
what I as we were so excited, at least, at least I was so excited that Big Ten football was back, Badger football was back. Did not look into what the protocols they put in place to have it back. Yeah, and obviously did not find out until we were at jeopardy <laughs> at the time of losing the game and realized that it's 21 days, no practice, no play. Once you have um, tested positive, and I believe I'm mad. I get. I was saying I've been mad at myself for not looking into that because. I believe if I would have known that before, like I wouldn't have got my hopes up so much because <laughs> mm-hmm. that just seems not plausible, especially with no makeup dates built in the schedule. Yeah, the schedule is the thing that is, is well, okay, yes, the protocol and the schedule are, are both very frustrating. So the protocol, I think they had this graphic on uh, the, the Saturday night game, the Penn State-Ohio State game, and they compared the protocols between the different conferences. Uh, and I guess as you would guess, right? The SEC is essentially 10 days, which is the bare minimum. Uh, I think the uh, ACC was 14, which seems reasonable. Uh, The Big 12 was like NA because they didn't (laughs) produce them or anything. Uh, And then the Big 10 uh, out there at 21 days. And uh, I guess the reasoning behind that was that to give more time uh, to uh, identify if there is so there's a very rare instance that a heart condition can develop because of COVID-19 and what the Big Ten wanted to do was to make sure that they had enough time to test to detect that um, it seems I don't know I don't want to get in the science of it but I think that's the reason why they have 21 days um, but when you kind of look at it 21 days seems kind of insane insane is too strong of a word no it's, it's, it's not reasonable I mean the protocol based on, to have a football schedule. Yeah, exactly. The protocol they put in to be able to have in the season they put forth with no with no chance of or no room no wiggle room doesn't make sense. Like the two and two together don't go together. Right. Is, I guess right. is a big thing. Yeah. So if you know back when we were sitting here in August and we were talking about having when they released their first schedule, I think they had two bye weeks for each team and then a free week before the conference championship game. So there was essentially three weeks in which you could finagle around your schedule if games got canceled or or, or players tested positive that you could fit games in. Uh, And obviously they didn't do that, uh, which, again, we go back. It seemed reasonable at the time. Um, A lot was still up in the air, but that seemed like a reasonable plan with some flexibility. Uh, And now they have this stringent rule and I think it makes sense on an individual basis, right? Mm-hmm. It makes sense like, hey, if a player tests positive, let's keep them out for 21. Again, I'm going to shy away from like what's best for the player necessarily what, but in going to kind of how you actually keep a pandemic safe, uh, yeah. keep it from spreading, and be able to play football games. I'm going to look at it from that standpoint. Yeah. So. If it happens to a player, 21 days makes sense. Just make sure that player is okay. But it happens to a team, it happens to multiple players on a team, all of a sudden, 21 days doesn't make sense when you have uh, X number of players, multiple players on a team. And guess what? It's a contagious virus that's probably going to happen on a football team if one person gets it, multiple people are probably going to get it. So yeah. uh, I agree with you, Marlo, that it doesn't make any sense, kind of the combination of the strict protocols combined with a completely inflexible schedule, and now we're ending up with canceled games, at least one, and we'll talk about next week in a second, um, at least one and maybe more, and you know, as other players on other teams are testing positive, 
Uh, we saw some from Illinois, right, who just played Wisconsin last week. Yeah. Uh, Peters and somebody else. And they had to sit. It was a long list. I want to say like 15 players because of contract tracing protocols that weren't able to play against Purdue. Um, that this could go... <laughs> Go not well, and at, you know, not necessarily in the fault of an individual team or player. And maybe I'm being a little bit defensive because Wisconsin is kind of the the, the epicenter. Epicenter, we're the one most affected by this, right? Yeah. At this, at this current point, um, but it's it, it could snowball on a team, and like we, like we mentioned, the inflexibility is it's just so frustrating. So. Um, yeah, so we got excited, and now, at least for Wisconsin, it looks like it's definitely not going to be whatever the seven-game season with Nebraska being canceled. And, Marla, when the Wisconsin-Nebraska game was canceled, the Nebraska fans, Ooh. at least the ones that I somewhat interacted with or saw on... <laughs> you, uh, you guys, you started swimming in Nebraska Twitter, didn't you? Well, it found me, and <laughs> then I was like, what the heck is going on here? And uh, they they were just losing it, and I do not, I just cannot wrap my head around their mindset. It's absolutely ridiculous. Right. So, yes, to sum it up, like Nebraska, big mad that they didn't get a chance to play us because they only thought they had a chance because we wouldn't have a starting quarterback. And then, so they put that, and then because of that, they're now say or uh, I, I can say I shouldn't say they the majority of them a good loud majority of them uh, are big mad because they're saying that we canceled because we didn't want to play them, um, and that's fine whatever you want to think but at the end of the day like we were still favorite even without our starting quarterback. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, a team who is one in eight against Wisconsin to say that we are now afraid to play them. We love playing Nebraska. <laughs> we love running all over that defense. It is hilarious. Uh, we are not dodge. You know, yeah, it sucks that our, our starting quarterback and uh, or I guess our second string quarterback and our third string quarterback got it. Doesn't matter. We're still playing Nebraska. We're okay with that. And if we were given the chance, the more frustrating thing was just like a lack of understanding of what was. Of, of the situation. Uh, like, do I just understand, like, do they want their team to get COVID? Like, do they <laughs> want to play a team who has players and, uh, who have tested positive and are continuing to see players test positive? It doesn't make any sense to me. If any team was going to play Wisconsin and had to cancel because their team, their players, some players were testing positive, I'd be like, fine, <laughs> please. I don't want to play you because I want my team to keep playing football <laughs> because if they would have played Wisconsin and then it comes out that, you know, five more Wisconsin players test positive afterwards, again, they're doing, Wisconsin's doing the protocol, they're doing the daily test, but obviously we've seen that that isn't catching it necessarily yeah. in time in a situation like this. I would want to skip that game so my team can play the other six or five games remaining, whatever it is. I mean, right. just so frustrating. Yeah, and this is what you want in Nebraska, okay? Remember, you're the one, you guys were wanting, pounding your chest, screaming, we want to play, and you guys got it in, and you were so excited, you got it back, you're giving yourself credit, giving Ohio State credit for getting the Big Ten back. This is what you wanted, this is what you got. Sit down and shut up. Yeah, there we go. Take that, Nebraska. <laughs> I was I was just so frustrated with their fans. And they tried to play uh, Tennessee Chattanooga um, last minute. Big Ten said, Shut that down. Yeah. No thanks. That was great, too. They put everything in place. They had it ready to go. They were going to pay them, like, I think, $300,000 plus travel expenses. Yeah. And just had to get the OK for Big Ten. Knock on Big Daddy's door in the Big Ten. Shuts it down. Yeah. Great. 
They shouldn't be scheduling a non-conference game. We all we all agreed we're not doing non-conference games. And then they're like, "Well, what about this one? Because you cancel this game." Get out of here, Nebraska! Stop it! Being, being ridiculous. Uh, well, Marlo, if we look ahead, uh, I guess a COVID uh, a Badgers team update for the COVID situation. They now have 22 players, as last reported, um, with positive tests. Uh, I think it was 10 staff, 12 players. Um, so that puts into Serious Jeopardy, the game we are scheduled to play Purdue on Saturday. Um, honestly, at this point, you'd have to say that's doubtful. Very unless doubtful. Uh, I think they're going to decide on Tuesday, make a call. Unless th- I think the only way it goes forward is if they have no new cases. So we, so the assumption there would be that you uh, have identified and kind of quarantined the individuals uh, who have uh, tested positive and that it's not spreading within the team more. Um, and then at that point, from a Wisconsin standpoint, you kind of have to look and go who's left on the depth chart because we know Graham Mertz and um, Wolf tested positive. We know that Paul Chris tested positive, but outside that's three of the twenty-two. Yep. Outside of that, I haven't you know gotten too much detail or seen too much detail on it. So I think you know you got to see those results, kind of results, the, the negatives coming in, and then we'd have to kind of look and go, okay, well, who's actually able to play? Because either way, uh, we would be going with uh, Vandenboom, right, at quarterback. I believe so. I believe that's the story, yeah, Vandenboom no matter, would be up. No matter what. So, and then what other the what other depth implications we have out there would still, uh, we would need to figure out as the test come out, or the result, uh, depth chart, excuse me, comes out. Yeah. Yeah, so Tuesday Tuesday's a big day. And I think even on is it Tuesday when they can get back to or is it Wednesday? They can't even get back to like practice until Wednesday. Yeah. Um so I, even I just just with that alone is kind of scary. Like getting getting back to practice on Wednesday for a game on Saturday after being off for a week and a half. I don't know. That that's scary. I I don't have big hopes that this game will um will take place. Uh, but I, I found out another thing that I didn't realize that the we will be going off a win percentage this year, not necessarily mm. not necessarily you know wins losses. Well, obviously that's in win losses, but in the win yeah, loss yeah. category, right? So we have to get a minimum of six games in to be eligible for the Big Ten championship, and I think or is that and the college football playoffs, um, which I, which goes hand in hand, but. The winner of the divisions will be by win percentage. So technically, we can still get, we can still miss this game, win out, and, and still win the West. Uh, it's depressing. I'm very worried. We are not going to meet that game threshold. Yeah, that's going to be tough. That. Um. Yeah. So I'm. I'm. I. I to be honest, Marlo, I've had weak moments. I've had negative thoughts where I just just, just chalking up the season's done. Oh yeah, I have too. I've had that. Um, I'm gonna hope that things you know work out and that we're able to get it, get off it. And it's not even it's not even like that. At first, it was like uh, because Mert, Mertz is gonna be out for two. Well, at the time, I thought three games, but it sounds like maybe two. Whatever. It's you know protocol things and technically good play against Michigan. But mm-hmm. now it's even just getting the games in and you know just. I don't want to, I guess, necessarily get into that, but that those thoughts have been in the back of my head, and obviously the void of Badger football this Saturday was was huge, huge. and maybe this next weekend. But Marlo, I have been taking solace in some other college football results. Oh, and my largest solace has been in the 
the disaster that has been Minnesota football. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. <laughs> the only thing that can make it better if I wish PJ didn't have to wear a mask. I know you have to just so I can see his facial expressions even more. Well, he's um, tried. He's wearing almost a see-through mask. Yeah, he's like this <laughs> mesh mash thing. Like, is that what is it? I've seen other coaches do it. Like, isn't that missing the point? I don't know. We're gonna, we're not gonna make this a mask podcast. Um, but anyways, Friday night was glorious, and I like the the way Minnesota is finding a way to lose is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the, the teams that they're losing to, awesome, <laughs> and just. It, it was, uh, yeah, I, I found solace into it. It really made, you know, knowing that, that next day there would not be a Badger game, it made Friday uh, that much more enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota was down 21-7 to uh, to Maryland. Uh, Teglavoa, the second, looked amazing. And then, as often happens in college football games, the underdog um, kind of peters out and... The team that should win takes over, and this is one of those like college football's too long because this is able to happen more times than not. Minnesota ends up with a 38-21 lead going into the fourth quarter, and then uh, right 31-28. Yeah, yeah, they had a 17-point lead. Um, wait, 38-21. Yeah, 17-point lead, uh, and then Maryland storms back, takes the lead, and Minnesota misses an extra point that would have tied it. Uh, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. In overtime, in overtime, in overtime. Yes, I'm sorry. It, it yeah. went into overtime at 38. Both teams scored touchdowns in their, uh, in their first drive, in overtime, and uh, Minnesota makes the extra point. Just a f- deliciously fantastic way to watch Minnesota lose. So that kind of helped me through the weekend, knowing in my back pocket that that game, that that game happened. Uh, elsewhere around. NCA football, Marlowe. Uh, big back. Texas is back again. Texas is so back. Uh, defeating uh, sixth-ranked Oklahoma State and what is was presumably the last chance for a Big 12 team to get into. I guess they're now a one-loss team, and you could probably get in as a one-loss team, but I feel like that's unlikely uh, to get a one-loss Big 12 team in. Uh, but Texas... All their games are so interesting. They're all like this. <laughs> <laughs> They're all shootouts. There's no defense played. And uh, half the time, <laughs> Texas pulls it out. Half the time, they don't. That's It's great. It's back and forth. As he saw, they're back there not every week. Yeah, just uh, wild play by Texas. Texas at Oklahoma State. I didn't think Texas had it in him thought you know after the the red or last week against Oklahoma that the, it was going to be just a, a downward spiral from there uh but it's not Texas showed some grit Texas is definitely back and because of this they're probably I didn't check the rankings they're probably a top 10 team again um <laughs> and, and back in the hunt even though they have two or three losses yeah i pretty sure that they're they're not yet but i believe Oklahoma is ranked they're back uh they took care of business Against Texas Tech, it makes Texas Tech, yeah, Texas Tech, uh, and it just makes their first couple of losses so baffling uh, because they look like they're rolling again uh, again against Texas Tech. So who knows? But uh, the teams you thought were go- going to be at the top of the Big Twelve are finally winning and is just made the Big Twelve a huge mess. And that was our Big Twelve segment. And Marlon, we'll move on to our Pac Twelve segment. It is back as well. Pac Twelve is back this week. 
they get the big noon game to kick it off, which is 9 a.m. nine a.m. Pacific time. So that's fantastic for them. That's going to be funny to see. It is uh, Arizona State versus USC. Yeah. Um, Got to get the kids out of bed, get into the same. I, are they even allowed to have fans in California? I have no idea. No, no, probably not California. But it'll be good at Pac-12. They're going to have, what, that Yeah, that 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock kickoff uh, our time. And then they have a 9.30 kickoff between, uh, was it Washington and someone, California is the late game. So we're going to have Pac-12 waking you up, putting you to bed. Uh, just, you know, obviously we're not that excited about actual Pac-12 football being back. But we are no. excited about um, just having more big colleges, big schools playing football. Yeah, and football is now officially back. We can cut it back. All all the conferences are back playing. Like you said, we don't not, not necessarily looking forward to facts of football, but it is like that little little scrums that are left over, you know, after you've already eaten dinner, you've already had the main course, but you're getting kind of hungry again, you're looking around for scraps. Pac-12 football's on and that's what it is. Those scraps after the main events. And there's the off chance that USC or Oregon could be really good. And then that makes it exciting, but that's not that likely. So, uh, Pac-12 is back. Just excited to have you know more options, more games. Uh, there was a time, Marlon, when uh, what's his name Peterson at Washington had it rolling, and yep. they were always on at that at three thirty time slot. Yep, it felt like it was on Fox or Fox Sports a lot, and it was like you got a lot of good little late afternoon games out of out of Washington there uh, for a while, but. Uh, yeah, Pac-12. That's what they're there for, you know? Filling, filling in if there's a light spot in, in the schedule elsewhere. So, uh, Ellie, let's move to another not-backs now, Marlo. Oh, not-backs. Back. Not-back. I think Michigan's not-back. <laughs> you know, I was I was watching that Minnesota-Maryland game on Friday night, and I, I went, I'm a little worried about how bad Michigan's offense is. <laughs> <laughs> Maryland scored in this really... Easily, Michigan should have put up like a hundred points, uh, so that made me a little bit worried. And then, uh, sure enough, come it was a big new uh, the big noon game on Saturday. Uh, Michigan loses to Michigan State, who looked just god awful the week before. Um, and Michigan now one and one. And Harbaugh, he just can't get it done against Michigan State, Ohio State. Yeah, for whatever is, reason. Uh, it's. I think we talk about. I think they talk about every season for the last what, three or four season. Jim Harbaugh on the hot seat. Yeah, but uh, we don't talk about him on the hot seat. They talk about if he's going to be on the hot. Seat. <laughs> he's like, oh. he's like the conversation is if he's going to get on it or not. Yeah, or, as opposed to whether the you know actually being on the hot seat. Right. Okay. Well, it's it's well it started. Uh, the, the 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 moral of the story is it has started that whatever conversation is about hot seat around it's no Jim longer Harbaugh, about being on the hot seat it's the conversation is the hot seat He's the on, hot seat yeah Marlo, ex- put him on the hot seat yeah hot seat Harbaugh took you know took away the khaki pants went with the straight blues thought it was going to work out for him doesn't look like it's going to he's got to switch it up there and do something but ish I don't think either of those teams are any good though I don't know how much of that game you watched got um, the second got the second half they did not. L- it looked like a, uh, I guess, I don't. You can look at it two ways. One is, it looked like a rivalry game. It looked like an ugly rivalry game. Um, I just thought going into it, it's. I guess my it looked like an ugly rivalry game. But my expectation going into it was, Michigan was a much much better team than Michigan State, 
And so it, to me, it seemed like Michigan played down to Michigan State's kind of scrappy level. Gotcha. Uh, I could, yeah, I could see that. I just think, I don't know, I, from the way I was looking, I thought it was just two okay teams. Not bad, not great, but it's two okay teams kind of slugging it out. I think if John Harbaugh was some someone not John Harbaugh, right? If he yeah. was like, I, I was going to try and make up a name, but just a normal coach who wasn't wasn't this specific person. Yep. He would be on the hot seat if not fired a year or two ago. Really? Interesting. Why does it do is beat Ohio State once, man? That's what I think that I should I, I I don't mean that necessarily from a what should happen. I mean that from a what would have happened to other coach right. based on Michigan fans and boosters expectations. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Because all we heard out of every coach since Lloyd Carr is you gotta beat Ohio State, you gotta beat Michigan State. And for every other coach, there have been, you know, not great hires. Obviously, Rich Rod wasn't the right choice. Brady Hoke, maybe not the right choice. But, like, every other hire, like, that was the standard. It didn't matter what you did elsewhere. I mean, it matters what you do elsewhere. But, like, what it, mean, what it means by it doesn't matter. It, you can't lose those games, but winning them doesn't count. It doesn't give you any credit. It's what you do against Ohio State. It's what you do against Michigan State. And I think the home games, I, the stat popped up. He was, he's 29-0 and 0 against not Michigan State and Ohio State at home. And he's now one in seven, I think, against those two at home. Wow, it's wild. It's kind of like Lovey Smith, you know. He's here. He's here to beat the Packers, right? right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a Bears coach, you got to beat the Packers. If you're a Michigan coach, you got to beat Ohio State, Michigan State. And he's not doing it, and because he's John Harbaugh, he gets away with it. And they've been pretty good. They've been fine, but that's not what Michigan expects. And I don't know. I don't. I don't think that firing John Harbaugh. I'm not saying John, firing John Harbaugh is the answer, but I don't know that he's ever going to get them to that point anymore. I'm really starting to doubt that. Yeah. Whereas I wasn't a year or two ago. Yeah, we're yeah we're kind of this you know obviously his track record at Stanford and San Fran, um, very yeah very scared that he was going to take over or it would be at least the back and forth between Ohio State and Michigan, which obviously has not turned out to be the case. Yeah, I, yeah. So if that, it just again, it just seems like that isn't acceptable to Michigan usually, but it seems like they're more willing to accept it with Harbaugh there uh, for that. So uh, our upset alerts last week. Uh, I don't remember who you picked, Marlo, <laughs> but I picked probably, Cincinnati. It did not work out for me. Cincinnati continues to roll, but watch out for next week. That's all I gotta say, Cincinnati. Uh, we should have put Clemson on, uh, although at the time we didn't know that Trevor Lawrence was going to test positive for COVID-19. Um, but they were, I think, the, the closest, most interesting upset. They had to rally from 20-ish points down uh, to defeat Boston College. Um, so we missed that one, Marla. We should have put that on our upset alert because we, we could have given ourselves credit for almost calling it an upset. <laughs> Uh, but let's look at it next week. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember who your upset alert was? I I don't. <laughs> we should look at that. We should really do that. Um, I'm pretty sure it was wrong. I think... Mm, let's just give you credit from a week before and 
calling out North Carolina. Let's pretend you called out North Carolina last week because they lost again. Got it. Yeah, it was North Two Carolina. Virginia. So good job by you, Marlo. Yes. All right. All right. Looking at it next week, we got some marquee games. Um, the they ran this play. We're watching the Cowboy Eagles games. Uh, they've done this end around play twice now, and I think they've lost about thirty yards on it. So <laughs> they should probably stop running that play. Uh, the Cowboys. Um, <clears throat> next week, we were supposed to have, I guess, what would be the second best college football game of the year, next to Alabama Georgia, which we said was the best college football game of the year. Uh, so the next best one was going to be Clemson-Notre Dame. But now Trevor Lawrence is out. He will not play in this game uh, after testing positive for the coronavirus. Um, so we got a Trevor Lawrence list Clemson against Notre Dame. They are still favored. They have a five-star recruit in there who played pretty well against Boston College. Uh, they didn't almost get upset based on the play of uh, their quarterback, they ended up scoring 42 points. It was that the defense gave up, was it 28, 38 points, whatever. They gave up a lot of points on defense. Uh, and coming into this game, uh, that's, I think, the concern, although it hasn't been a concern all year. Marla, what do you make of this Clemson-Notre Dame matchup? Yeah, I well, so Trevor Lawrence is out, but that Clemson team obviously has a lot of other talent in other places. I know the quarterback, and in the like you said, the the backup, I forget how to pronounce his name, Excuse me, but yeah, tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, but he's no slouch either. He's a five, you know, like I said, five star. He probably just needs to get a couple, uh, you know, experience under him. He got all of last game. Going into Notre Dame, I mean, if they had Trevor Lawrence, this was going to be. I was like licking my chops ready for Notre Dame to get freaking trounced on in the national spotlight because that always makes me feel good. But now I think Notre Dame will give it a game. But I still think Clemson comes out on top again. I think they just have more talent. They're more talented in other areas um, that they can make up. And now that their quarterback had at least one game, that's what it seemed like he was kind of uneasy, especially in that first half. Um, just that un- uneasiness of starting a game. Probably, and he didn't have as much time to prepare, obviously, because right. I think that test came out on like a Thursday. Um, yeah. So having a little more time to prepare, having that game underneath his belt, uh, I think I think Clemson still pulls this one out against Notre Dame. Well, Marla, will you allow me to give you a little bit of a conspiracy theory? Well, let me okay. allow me to avoid you in a conspiracy theory. Okay. Um, it's not really a conspiracy theory, but it, because Trevor Lawrence tests positive for a real virus. But <laughs> <laughs> what if Notre Dame wins a close game against a Trevor Lawrence-less Clemson team, uh-huh. goes undefeated, and then Clemson wins all their other games, and all of a sudden we have two ACC teams. This is literally the only case I think we would ever have two ACC teams Ugh. in the college football playoffs. And yeah. all of a sudden we're living in that reality, Marlo, where this yeah. is possible. Are they How is their? Are they on the other side? Would they meet in the championship game? I don't know where Notre Dame is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know just, either. They're just in it for the year, right? Yeah, just for the year. Um, but even so, let's say it's two one-loss teams. Clemson and Notre Dame have each lost to each other one time. Right. Close games. Yeah, Lawrence. dude, you're right. I don't know. <clears throat> That's gross. I don't want to think about that. And then Notre Dame will lose by a billion points to <laughs> Alabama. And they'll be like, why do we do this every year? <laughs> why do we always give Notre Dame a bit for the doubt? Um, but I just I just wanted to put you on the alert. We're in a world now in which that is possible. I will get I'll get the research department looking up what 
what side of the bracket or what division Notre Dame is in because, again, they're just joining it for the year. So uh, we'll get back to you on that, Marlo. Other games this week. What else are you looking at, Marlo? Uh, we are boys, Florida and Georgia. Yeah. They're going outside. Well, that one country band very excited about this match. Yeah, for, the Florida Georgia line. Are they? Yeah. Are they? Are they performing at halftime? They should be allowed to every time. Yeah, I mean, this should be. It should be a no contest. Seems, it only seems fair. This isn't. They're. This isn't. A, they're not doing the neutral site, are they? Oh, at uh, uh, Jacksonville. Yeah. I. I don't think so. Right. I can't imagine that they were. That would be. Really, where's our research department? Anyways. It is. It's at the sta- it's at the stadium. I don't know if there's good. Well, Florida. well, no, they're not going to. Well, I don't know. It's Florida. It's, it's Florida. Florida. Yeah, it's Florida. Uh, it is. It is still in Jacksonville, so it's still the 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 cocktail party or whatever. Well, they don't call it that anymore. Right. The Florida's largest cocktail party got turned to something else. But yeah, no, it's just a, a neutral site game. Yeah. So you put you put. Um, I don't want to put Georgia on upset alert, but I'm going to even though they're my, even though they're my the second adopted team. Especially if there's no game this week, uh, I will put them on upset alert because Florida is playing well right now, and uh, they Georgia's have, they have all... an offense for sure. What's that? They have an offense for sure. Yeah, and Georgia's always good for one sort of letdown game of the season. That's true. They they are one to do that. Um, that one is will be will be really good. That's a two thirty, so an afternoon kickoff. Uh, for that, should be maybe going to up against that Wisconsin game. <laughs> if, <laughs> if that happens, we'll see. Um, all right, I'm looking forward, Marla, to the uh, Michigan-Indiana game. Uh, Indiana has a chance to go 3-0 and in the Big Ten since the first time since football was invented in Indiana. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Indiana's a football that. school now. Did you see that? You see those t-shirts going around? Oh, yeah, that's fun. That, like the one time we went like 7-5 and five and we're like, we're a basketball school. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Um. Yeah. So it there's a chance Indiana is good. Uh, they beat Penn State, who I again not sure how good they are. I'll talk about them more in a second. Uh, and now they're playing a Michigan team who both of us were unimpressed with against Michigan State. Uh, and it would be really cool to see Indiana be three and zero in the Big Ten, a top ten team. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, uh, in championship contention with Ohio State over there in the East bracket. It would be absolutely hilarious uh, and fun to see. And just, again, seeing uh, Michigan lose again would be great uh, as far as that goes. Um, That brings me to my upset, and this is more out of want than actually expecting it to happen. So likewise, I would like to see Indiana go 3-0. I would love to see Penn State go 0-3. They're playing Maryland uh, at Penn State. I don't expect it to happen, but God, it would be cool if Penn State went zero and three to start the season. That'd be so funny. Uh, that's my—they're not ranked or anything. Penn State isn't, uh, so I guess it's not a real upset as far as how we've been doing this game. Yeah. But uh, that would be—that would be so great. Hmm. All right. Know, maybe I'm a little negative in my my. Uh, no, I like it. There, uh, I know. I like I like your I like your rationale around it. I'm gonna. I g- just that that Ohio State Penn State game. So the score finished up. Uh, was it a 35 20 35 27 35 38 25 so but it didn't even feel that close no like, never it, it, it Ohio State jumped out of a 14-0 lead and they just they just never looked back Ohio State looked heads and heels above uh Penn State Penn State 
didn't look like they could block Ohio State at all. Um, a lot of that, obviously, is Ohio State, and they're way ahead of everybody else in, in the Big Ten. But some of that is maybe Penn State's not as good as we gave them credit for preseason, right, after a loss to Indiana and getting walloped more or less by Ohio State. Maybe they're not that good. And I don't know that Maryland's the team to expose them, but they beat Minnesota, and I just wanted to remind everybody of that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got another upset. Yep. Upset alert. This one, this upset goes out to your boys, BYU. No. BYU being upset alert going against Boise State. Rank first rank game here. Uh, they're going to be on that blue field. They're going to be on that blue turf. Yeah. It's going to be you shining. Know, it's tough to play there on Friday nights. It's tough to play there on Friday night. Whole world is watching. I don't know. This could be a. This could be the BYU. This could be an upset. Yeah. Every week, I I think you know, this is the time BYU loses, and then they're not playing anybody. <laughs> they just <laughs> they just crush them. Um, Wilson, the quarterback at BYU, looks impressive on the highlight reel. Can't say I've watched too many of the games, but his highlights out there is as good as anybody's. Uh, but this will be their toughest test of the season. Again, a top 10 team that you kind of look at and go, what? <laughs> but uh, they're up there, and uh, I think that's a good one, Marlon. I like it. I don't like it, but I like it. <laughs> it All right, sense. so I'll remember that for next week. It's BYU. Uh, we're going to write it down. All right. And I picked Maryland over Penn State. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's okay. It'll be fun. We can root for it. All right, let's move on to the Pro League's Marlowe. Uh, we'll start with the later game. And start with your Bears losing in overtime to the New Orleans Saints. <sighs> yeah. So, so after Monday night's debacle of clearly being out coach, uh, it was hard to go into this game short Wait, week. I forgot we didn't even talk about Monday night. Yeah, didn't talk about Monday night. We don't have to. Bears lose to the Rams because okay. they were out coached. Debacled. 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 Just debacle. Just watching what Miami did. It's just it's just debacle. Right. Um, Good. so today, fast forward today, Drew Brees, you know, coming to the house, D played well, except for the one drive, uh, giving up the touchdown right before halftime. That was, mm-hmm. they played really like, like they played previous defense all the way to the red zone, like in the red zone playing previous defense. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, so Drew Brees goes down with like less than a minute ago and was able to get a touchdown, bring it to within three points. Um, they take the, take the lead in the third quarter, and typical. I f- feel like the Bears are much like um, Badger basketball. Like it goes through these long lows of no offense, mm-hmm. and then every once in a while, there's there's just a flash of offense. It's like they did just enough. Like when just when it looks like it's just going to go go to hell in a handbasket, they do just enough to get back in. Which Nick Foles did this game had some like ill advised throws. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of throws off the back foot while moving backwards. Just not a good look. A lot look. of back foot throws. Yeah, a lot of back foot throws. And it, and actually, Montgomery had he was turning he was turning nothings into something pretty hard all game. Like the the they put the graphic up. Bears are last in offense in every category, and it's not because Montgomery's a bad core, uh, running back. It's because there's nowhere to actually run. <laughs> he, can't, he can't even get three steps in. And he was doing a, a heck of a job of making uh, something as, something's out of nothing. 
Um, and, and things are rolling, but the offense, something is with it. It's not in tune. The offense, it, it starts with the offensive line. Uh, they're not able to run block. They're not able to pass block. It's hard to do anything without an O-line. Um, so here and over there, but I mean, Nick was able to get those two drives in in under, in under three and a half minutes to tie it up at the end. But we just didn't do what we had to do on offense in overtime to be able to win. Um, with that, there have been like even in that. I think uh, I don't know if it was I don't know if it was Buck or if it was Aikman who started started the murmurs of of getting Mitch back in and try to put that in Nagy's ear that Mitch needs to get back in, which I don't know. It's not going to do anything but make even matter. That realize that we're at the point where I thought we'd be two weeks ago. I think yeah. I predicted. Uh, here we are. <laughs> Where we have these yeah, two. Yeah, thrown off a little because I think Foles got in a little sooner than you, you thought in your original plan. But he did yes. get in there, Mitch did, for uh, oh, he did. Yes, a, there was. a designed run play. He did. I forgot. He did. He was there for one play. We did have a Mitch sighting. So Which is weird that they didn't, because it was, I mean, it wasn't a great play, but it was a relatively successful play. Yeah. And uh, we didn't hear from him again. Right, that was Nagy being like, "Hey, look, I can I can do this too, where I bring in some other like quarterback and have them just yeah, run. oh, because <laughs> yeah, he's playing Sean Payton, so he wanted to show yeah, yeah, take that, Sean, I can do it too." Um, so I I don't mean to I don't, not to take away from the Bears defense uh, by by any means, but this is the, the Packers played the Saints earlier, and now yeah. I've watched so this is the second Saints game I've watched all the way through, and. I know there's a lot of rumblings in about Drew Brees' arm strength, right? But like, yeah. watching those two games, he clearly cannot throw the ball downfield anymore. I mean, sure, yeah. Michael Thomas wasn't in this game. He was in. I don't think he was in the Packer game either. But like, so there's not a deep threat. But like, there is no attempt to get throws to the sidelines, throw balls down the field. So it's really just a dink and dunk offense, and against a defense as good as the Bears, it's really hard to dink and dunk all the way down the field unless you get Kamara in space and he makes magic happen. And that happened on the uh, two of the Saints drives, and those were the only times they were able to really move the ball. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I would say there's not even attempts. So the, to your point, there's there wasn't even... I don't think... Uh, I think they had a graphic. Like, was the longest attempt in the air was was 15 yards? Not even. And it looks like well, the way he goes to throw that, mm-hmm. it's like he's going to heave it down forty yards. Right, like the way he has to wind up for it. It, it's very no. It felt to me to be very noticeable in this game. But I was wanting him to do really well, so maybe I was being a little bit harsh on him. No, yeah, and that's sorry for it. But it's, yeah, and to your point though, like those dig dugs, he does. He doesn't didn't, didn't have the receivers there, but we know you, they have an all. They have a, a Camara. Um, and other weapons that they can do that with. If you get them in space, they can make that five yards turn into. And they run, a, I don't know how many types and what in screen passes they have in their arsenal, but they run them all. Um, and that's right. exactly what they try to do is get you in space, and let their af- let their athletes be athletes. Right. Um, so, I don't know. That's it. I, it's It was one of those up and down games. Didn't think we had it in it. We were coming back, thought we had a chance, and then... Football's stupid. End up losing on in overtime on a field goal. Um, when your players assaulted another player. Yeah. The other thing of note is apparently <laughs> Wim. I mean, Gardner Johnson on the Saints must have said something about Wim's mom because 
it was a very weird place. I, I've been reading around to see get the, get to how this came, but it was after the play. Johnson was not on Wims, so Wims ran over to Johnson, tried to snatch his chain, and then I've never understood why you start punching people with helmets, but <laughs> he started, started close fist punching him in, uh, on the helmet, and then was ejected ejected from the game. It was very strange. It seemed like it came out of nowhere. There wasn't. Yeah, like there wasn't any back and forth before that. It just all of a sudden became part of that. So, yeah, it was very strange, and it seemed like the incident happened like the uh, either a player before or a possession before. So it seemed like meditated about it. Yeah, like that he was going to do this. Uh, the tweet, my favorite tweet I saw about it. Because, so he punches him yep. after the play. And then the guy just kind of stands there and is like, what the hell? And then he punches him again in the helmet again. Uh, And um, the tweet I saw about this was Evan Flood, who covers a lot of high school recruiting within Wisconsin. He he tweeted out, uh, it was like fighting random civilians in GTA. (laughs) (laughs) So true. That was good. So it was was so bizarre because I saw it and then like I saw the brawl and I was like, wait what (laughs) and then they showed it again and then they showed it like in and out of commercials like it was like this is how tough this game is like look at these rivals or something and it was like no this guy's like cheap shotting them you like you shouldn't be showing this multiple times like it's a positive thing about the game it was really bizarre uh so a bizarre moment for sure in in the game uh and i don't know i when it went twenty three, I, I to your point about um, the Bears' offense doing just enough to get back in it, at twenty three thirteen. I was like, "Oh, this is over," and I kind of relaxed, right, because I didn't need it root anymore. Uh, but then the Bears made it close to get just just doing enough. Uh, I would be worried what this offense would be without Allen Robinson. Oh, gosh. he is amazing. Yeah, yeah. it'd be nothing. It absolutely it would absolutely be nothing. Um, because even yeah, if we didn't have him, then no no defense would have to scheme for anything. They could kind of just stay back there. <laughs> There's no one else to 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 go in between zones or um, you know, or go over the top. So my my favorite part of the game was Troy Aikman being baffled by Jimmy Graham's route running. <laughs> just being like he comes out of his break and he should be running, but he's not. I don't get it. It's like welcome to the Jimmy Graham experience. <laughs> break anymore <laughs> what are you talking about it's so funny oh. it's so funny all right well enough fun talk about the bears yeah how i talk about how the, the, how, how the packers do re-depress myself well packers end up losing to minnesota 22 to 28 uh the story of this line of this game excuse me is very simple the packers just simply could not stop dalvin cook they could not stop uh, the Minnesota Vikings running game. Minnesota Vikings ended up with uh, 324 total yards. 173 of them uh, were on the ground, and God, it felt like more. Uh, anytime Dalvin Cook touched the ball on the ground, it felt like he could do whatever the heck he wanted. Uh, and this doesn't bode. This was a, the weakness we knew of this team right coming into the season. This is the weakness that we'll probably see on Thursday night against San Francisco. Um, we saw it in the NFC Championship game. <clears throat> This is a team that you can run on, um, and when you have a team like Minnesota who is built to do this, um, it it makes for a very frustrating game, and it was a very frustrating game indeed. Uh, the way to beat Minnesota is literally try to make 
Kirk Cousins to do anything. Just do force anything. him to do anything. Uh, and in this game, he didn't have to do anything. He ended up uh, the game with uh, 160 yards on 11 attempts. Uh, 63 of those were Delvin Cook. They were all dump downs. He had to make essentially two or three third down throws that were five yards or less. It was very frustrating. We rarely forced Kirk to do anything. And the frustrating thing about this game was all year I've watched Minnesota, they've done this in spurts. But this effective kind of run first, effective run game first, then play action. But then at some point, they F it up. (laughs) At some point, they decide they want to, hey, try passing on this possession, or Kirk Cousins makes a really bad mistake, or or they get off of their normal game plan for whatever reason. In this game, they didn't. this game, they stayed on it the whole way, primarily because they had the lead, but uh, this showed what this Minnesota team should be on offense, and the fact that they haven't been able to do that in any other game before this is just really frustrating because, hey, why couldn't Kirk Cousins just be himself once and throw a terrible pass. Um, but Minnesota stayed the course, was able to, they scored on five of their seven possessions. I mean, the possessions were so low in this game uh, because both teams possessed the ball for long bouts of time. Uh, and on the Packers side, they it seemed like they got out of their game plan when they got down. They were running the ball effectively with Jamal Williams. Uh, Aaron Jones missed this game again, and we definitely missed him later in the game. Uh, but they were running the ball effectively with Jamal Williams, and they kind of went away with him when they went down. They started forcing the pass uh, and, and got away from the run game, and I think that's what ended up costing them in the end. Uh, but if I may be myself and complain about the officiating, uh, this game really came down to a tale of two pass interference calls, one in which was called against Jair Alexander in the first half. I want to say first half, but I think it was in the third quarter now that I think about it. Uh, in the third quarter, um, on a, I would say, uncatchable ball. They called pass interference on him. He was a bit handsy, but it wasn't that much contact. But they called the pass interference call, and then on the fourth down when the Packers were only down seven, they did not call pass interference on a clear pass interference in which the defender ran into and knocked down the hand of uh, Tanyan as he was attempting to catch the ball. They threw the flag and for some unknown reason picked it up which I don't understand. You threw the flag for a reason. And what they could have talked about to say to go away from he ran into him when the ball was in the air and knocked his hand down to that contact was fine. I have no idea. Uh, Minnesota took a 14-point lead after that. The Packers weren't able to recover, losing 28-22. to 22. That's all I got the Packers mo. That's it? That's a terrible call. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. All right, I don't. I mean, I thought it could go either way. But they threw the flag. They did throw the flag. I was surprised they picked it up. I was surprised they picked it up. Pick up the flag. Yeah, you never pick up the flag there, especially how weak the two pass interference calls against Minnesota were, comparatively. Right? If you're gonna, if you're gonna call the other two, you call this one. If you're gonna let this one go, you shouldn't have called the other two. They were all very similar. Uh, in the amount of contact that was within uh, the play, in my opinion. So. Packers, we'll talk, we'll talk about them next week because they play the Thursday night game. Um, all right, that's in the Packers. Anything you, you liked, disliked out of the Packer game, Marlo? Um, also, on Rodgers' last throw, yeah, he probably threw it. He had no, control of the ball. That was not, no, not even. 
No. The ball did not get knocked out of his hand. He it was in his hand until he threw it forward. Uh-uh. No. There he, was contact first, but he had you have to have, You have to have control. He did not have control of that ball as his arm was going forward. He hit his arm. He was holding on to the ball and threw it forward. No. He check the tape, dude. Forward. He didn't have fingers on that ball. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered either way. The game was over. All, All right, so looking forward, we're halfway through the season here, Casey. That's wild to think about. Yeah, going to week nine next week. Yep, we have the we have our our uh, primetime games Thursday night, like you said, Green Bay, San Francisco. Yep, Sunday very worried n- about it. Um, worried about what San Francisco can do, uh, their run game, and whatnot. Uh, but it sounds like they are completely banged up. Uh, Garoppolo, Kittle uh, were hurt today. Other injuries they've had coming in this week. So it might be a banged up team, but Green Bay just doesn't go to San Francisco and win football games anymore. It's hard to play there. It's hard to play there. At least for the Packers. (laughs) All right. Uh, Go ahead. Sunday night. Sunday night of the uh, Saints Saints and uh, the Buccaneers. I think this is going to be interesting, Marlo. Uh, we'll see. Obviously, we're coming off of Tampa Bay beating the crap out of Green Bay. It'll be interesting to see how they should just wax the Giants tomorrow night. Uh, and then we're looking at kind of the top two teams in the South. And I would expect Tampa Bay to put their foot down and take command of the division just off of kind of my experiences watching the Saints this year. I think Tampa Bay should be the better team, and I expect them to prove that next Sunday. Oh, yeah, something I forgot to say. Why did they, they make, kept making a big deal about Drew Brees passing um, Tom Brady in the touchdown, like career touchdowns? Like, it's yeah, just going it to go back. It's just going to, Tom Brady's just going to go back over on Monday. Yeah. That was really annoying at the end of the Bears game. It would just pop up as breaking news. Drew Brees passes Tom Brady breaking and it was like every other graphic. Yeah. And it was I thought something change. I thought yeah, I thought something was happening and it just kept saying breaking yeah. news like are we going to do this all season as they go back and forth what was going on? It's going to be really annoying. I hope not. <laughs> uh, I also am not enjoying the uh Monday night advertisements for the goat. The goat <laughs> on Monday night against the Giants. Like <laughs> We can call them that, but I don't know. It's just annoying to have it in the advertisements. I don't know why. Like, it's kind of like a jump the shark thing. Like, <laughs> let it go, ESPN. Like, I know you have to sell your game, but like, oh, God. Just say Tom Brady's playing. You don't have to <laughs> call him the go and annoy everybody. Just advertise the game normally. Um, so that'd be good. I think that's a pretty good Sunday night football game. We'll see if Michael Thomas, I don't understand what's going on with this situation. Hopefully he's back, uh, to give the Saints a little bit of a chance. Um, Monday night, not a good one. Not a good one, Marlo. Mm-mm. Uh, the two and five now, two and six, what are they? Two and five? <clears throat> New England Patriots against the 0 and 8 New York Jets. Oof. Remember when this was a draw game? The, I, the, the, I the remember New at the beginning of the season, you could sit down and be like, this could be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the Jets are the Jets, and uh, New England is really struggling. Uh, Cam Newton had another, I don't want to 
he had a really bad play at the end of the game to fumble back the ball breaking. away. He had a back-breaking play at the end. But he wasn't good the rest of the game. And I just don't... It seems like... So part of me is like, finally the Patriots have a lost season. But, like, right? It's got to be, at this point, two and five. Yeah, it's a lost season. So they're going to mess up and get Trevor Lawrence. That's going to be awful. That would be really cool. <laughs> I mean, in like a... Not cool, cool isn't right, but that would be really interesting in a... Uh, it's going to piss everybody else off kind of way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I get that. The only the only solace of the Packers losing today was that Minnesota is less likely to get Trevor, a little bit less likely to get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so I took I, I I was a there was a little bit of the um, silver lining silver lining there. Any other notable games that you're looking forward to next week, Marlo? Next week, uh, here's one final: Baltimore at Indianapolis. You got our boy Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. Back in uh, Indianapolis, seeing who, yeah. So basically, uh, yeah, a duel, a duel of the rookie of rookie running backs. There you go. And what might be a seeding game uh, for the two, as it looks like Baltimore is going to be a wild card team after their loss to Pittsburgh today. Uh, in Indianapolis competing in that AFC South, so it might be an important game when we get down to kind of playoff seeding. Uh, your team, Marlowe, Chicago is playing Tennessee next week. Eesh. Yeah, that that could get that could be ugly. Tennessee's I don't really, think that Marlo losing two in a row. I don't think I, either way that game goes, Chicago Tennessee. I don't think it's going to be pretty on the eyes. <laughs> Maybe not a lot of points. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not a lot of points in that game. Um, I guess one I I probably won't be able to watch because it's a late afternoon game, but. Um, for young quarterbacks, Miami, Arizona, Tua got his first start today. Didn't look great. Didn't look great. Uh, got the win against the Rams, but uh, his stats were nothing to write home about. But he'll be taking on Kyler Murray in Arizona. Uh, so I think a fun chance to kind of watch those two young, exciting quarterbacks late next week. That might be a fun one. But we'll probably be watching Dallas because <laughs> Pittsburgh's playing Dallas. So those that's probably going to be the, the national TV, right? Yeah, most likely. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, Pittsburgh's going to kill them. Because they're really good. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Really Pittsburgh. Good. Pittsburgh's good. Big oh. Ben. Big Ben's back. Big Ben is back. I didn't, think he'd, I didn't think they would be this good. No, I didn't either. But, but here we are. But here we are. That's all, all I got. That's all I'm looking forward to next week. All right, yeah. That's it. It's not a good slate. I'll say that. Up and down, it's yeah. not a Seattle g- Buffalo might be good. Sure, but I've that's kind, a, kind of that's a Buffalo, are they for real game for Buffalo? Well, I know we say had, that like every they week. Had two are they for real games? They lost both of them. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not ready to put Buffalo back in. A, are they for real game? They beat New England today, which I guess is something, but. They've lost the other two. Are they for real games? So I don't know how many times I can ask. Are they for real? <laughs> that said, Seattle is completely. They just play close games, and it's completely possible they will lose. They can lose a game, um, but it that it's a good matchup. But I'm not ready to 
put Buffalo back in a are you for real conversation. Okay. Speaking of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, the Giants in Washington have a matchup. Yeah. Ooh. Oof. Hopefully I don't see any of that. <laughs> um, yeah, I've had to watch too far too much of the New York Giants for fantasy football reasons. And, um, do not enjoy it. Do not enjoy it at all. So, and then we got an NFC Central. Last one I got here. Or NFC North, excuse me. Wow, look at aging myself, Marlon. <laughs> Calling it the NFC Central. The North uh, Division. <laughs> the North Division. <laughs> Lions playing uh, the Vikings uh, should be a good one. Uh, I just don't. I honestly don't know what to get expect out of either of these two teams on a week to week basis. So that will. Uh, that's probably the one we're going to watch. It's, why is that on CBS? Uh, do that. That seems weird, doesn't it? Yeah. Huh. We're not going to get Tony. Tony. Tony's department. probably doing Baltimore, Indianapolis. We'll get the research department on it. Yep. See why that's on CBS. All right, that's week nine. <laughs> I think we we're, we started off here like ah, oh, this, this this slate sucks, and then we talked about every team, every game, every team. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> slate sucks. Don't even watch. Don't even watch next week. What's the point? <laughs> All right, that's NFL. Now we are kicking it over. See what I did there to everyone's favorite segment, Casey's Corner nice. Kick. It's fire. Amateur professional, Marlo. Uh, all right. <laughs> we don't get paid, so you're not really, really a professional. All right. Uh, have... <laughs> don't tell him. I tried, I tried to make a joke, and it turned out to be really mean. <laughs> now nah, I feel bad. All right. Uh, corner kick. Uh, winning week for Liverpool. They had won midweek uh, in the Champions uh, League group stage. They won over the weekend 2-1 against West Ham. Uh, come from behind victory there with Jota getting the winning goal. Uh, we got another exciting week ahead of us, Marlo. Uh, we got Champions League group stage again midweek. So Tuesday, Wednesday, you're going to have soccer on your uh, computer at 3 o'clock now. Oh, actually, Ooh. now we fell back. I don't know. Now it's going to be all jacked up. <laughs> at the times Because it was happening at 3 because it's nice at 3. Because then when the game's done, you just go home from work. Ah, well, that's how it works. It lines up pretty well, but I think when we fall back, it might throw it all off again. So a half. Look, check your local listings, as they say. Um, but the key matchups—they're not as good as they were last time around. Uh, we had some really exciting matchups last time around uh, of the group stage, but this time Liverpool is playing Atalanta on Tuesday. Uh, Atalanta had a really kind of Cinderella run. Um, last year in the Champions League, making it all the way to the semifinal, quarterfinal, semifinal, far into the knockout stages. Um, they are not quite the team they were last year, this year, um, but they'll be they're still a tough squad. They'll be facing Liverpool on Tuesday. The key matchup on Tuesday will be Real Madrid versus Inter um, Milan. That will be a good one. And then Wednesday, it is RB Leipzig against PSG. So set your calendars to watch those in the midweek, and then another weekend of Premier League soccer coming at you next weekend. So it should be a good week. Uh, hopefully Liverpool continues their winning ways, Marlo. That's all I got. Quick corner kick. Oh, that's it? That's it. All right. That's every corner kick, but that's not it for us because we got some throw-ins. We got some throw-ins. This is just, you know, 
we focus on baseball sometimes, Marla, but we're going to throw a couple baseball things here. Dodgers won the World Series. Yay. Congratulations. Congratulations. First time since 88. So they completed the the thing where, what was it, the Lakers won and then they won. So that happened the last time they won the World Series uh, in oh, 88. I realized that. Dude, was there some, I was I was thinking about this and I didn't research it at all, but because it w- yeah. did, so they won't, like, it couldn't have been, this cannot have happened before, but having one city win championship in the same month, bet- between any in of the same fish? month? Because the NBA ended, in, like, when it was the beginning of October? When the, or how far, where did the finals, when did yeah. they win the finals? It was in October, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so... LA could wins. It, I mean, but could it have happened in uh, hockey and you just could could hockey, hockey, and, hockey and basketball? Obviously, it could have, could have. Um, but yeah, anyways, I didn't see Probably. anything about it. And I thought I would, but yeah. So what was them? They they had to wait a few weeks to get another championship in the city of LA. Yeah. Uh, their long yeah. their long drought has ended. Yeah, Dodgers go down. I mean. Like we, I think we talked about last week. They probably, if this was a normal season, they'd go down as one of the best teams of all time. We probably should still think about them that way. They're that they're that talented, they're that good. But I think we'll start talking about that as they see continued success. Because uh, you know they've obviously had it in the division. They finally have it in the playoffs, and it looks like, for all intents and purposes, they will continue to have that going forward. Uh, in other baseball news, Marlo, your White Sox hire uh, old man Tony La Russa. Um, and if they were looking for a way for me not to root for the White Sox, uh, <laughs> they hit a home run on this one because I could not think of a manager I would be um, less excited to root for because I was ready to get behind the White Sox, but God damn it, I hate Tony La Russa. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's kind of a baffling hire, if you want me to be honest. Um, you know, with this, obviously, we like they displayed this year, we had you know the young talents kind of making their making their way up. Um, and then having Tony La Russa, who, you know, it just seems, it just seems strange to have this, obviously he had, a, you know, some good years, great years with the, uh, with the Cardinals, but that was many years ago. <laughs> and, yeah. and we, you know, having a chance to really mold this, these young talents, doesn't, this doesn't seem like the right fit for right now. Um, yeah. so it just seems like, it seems really strange. It seemed, I don't know where it came from, but. Uh, but here we are, and we have Tony Russo as a manager, so all I can do is try to get behind it. Yeah, he's uh, 76 years old, uh, hasn't managed in nearly a decade, Yeah, uh, and kind of has, he was kind of the head of the unwritten rules St. Louis Cardinals mantra, right? And that seems antithetical to what this White Sox team is. Yeah. Um. It seems like a weird match. Uh, th- that said, I guess the only way you can go off is he has a lot of experience, and maybe he can teach a young white, a young exciting White Sox team how to win. But I feel like there were better, there could have been better people to to do that. So uh, I guess he's your manager now, so you got to ride with him. Yeah, but it's going to make it harder for me to ride with you. Um, elsewhere, uh, the Tigers hired AJ Hinch who obviously was fired from the um, Astros in the cheating scandal. Uh, We talked about when that happened, Marlo. We would see what the real punishment was if they got jobs again, and it turns out baseball doesn't care if you cheat. They'll give you a job, (laughs) which we knew, but it's reassuring to know. 
Uh, I think AJ Hinch would have been a much better hire for the White Sox if we were going to throw out these, uh, the fact that he cheated um, and just let him back into the game of baseball. Uh, but yeah, he's on he's on the Tigers and got a year vacation. I mean, I guess he got fired from a good job, but got another one. Yeah, one, so. weird. Works out for him. Yep. All right, so Tony's with the White Sox. We got basketball news. ACC Big Ten Challenge schedule is out, and we got Louisville coming to town. Louisville, yeah, Louisville, Louisville. coming to town. Casey, your your quick, fast reaction. Uh, will be an interesting matchup of styles. <laughs> Obviously, a uh, team that likes to still, even though uh, Patino, who is by the way, he is coaching. A Division One school, Rick Pitino is this year. Is he? Yes, I forgot which one. Now that I said it, um, <laughs> but he's back. Um, and Louisville still uh, a tempo team. Still likes to to press. Still likes to push the pace uh, with Chris Mack. There uh, will be a very interesting matchup. Um, it's the first time the uh, a first time matchup for Wisconsin. Uh, it's going to be at the Cole Center, so without probably without fans, so that will be obviously weird. And I still haven't kind of gotten wrapped my head around what college basketball will be like without fans. Um, so that kind of is part of my reaction. Uh, but a big time matchup and a chance for a what looks to be a good team in Wisconsin to have a very tough matchup in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Any, any other? Um, no, I, I think to say I think it will be yeah. Well, I guess whenever whatever team we play in the ACC challenge, it's always a contrast of style. Um, but you know, obviously Louisville has that, that pedigree of being a top tier basketball institution program, um, and that's where we want to be. So if that's where we want to be, these are the teams we have to play. These are the teams we have to beat, and especially in this format, we'll be highlighted on ESPN. For this Big Ten challenge, I'll, you know, bring it on. Were there any other matchups that you that excited you at all? Well, uh, I guess for the uh, Wisconsin basketball fans, we have Michigan State versus Virginia. The two Hauser brothers will be facing. Oh, off each I forgot other about that. So that will be yeah. a cute, quaint family affair. Um, other than that, I'm interested to see uh, Iowa, North Carolina. Um, Iowa has, uh, I forgot its name now, shoot, their power forward returning, uh, and North Carolina is retooling, and it'll be interesting to see kind of, again, a clash of a clash of styles in that game um, and see what North Carolina looks like and see how good that Iowa team can be. That's the other one I have circled. Clash of styles, Virginia, Michigan State. Yeah, well. That'll be good. Um, but yeah, I... I feel like this is set up for ACC to win. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking at these matchups. I'm a little bit removed from college basketball right now, Marlon. My head's in college football. Yeah. Uh, but looking at these, it's kind of hard to look at them and go, just off kind of what I remember from last year and program kind of stability, what I expect uh, to happen. Um, Duke versus Illinois seems pretty <laughs> one-sided. <laughs> Jerks. And then it's weird to see. Looking at this, it's weird. It is weird to see uh, Rutgers and Maryland on the Big Ten side. Yeah, against uh, ACC opponents. It's just. It's still weird. <clears throat> However many years into this, it's still weird. 
All right. There we go. There it is, college basketball. There we go. Lastly, Barlow and I faced off in our, our fantasy football league, and I kicked his butt, so that was fun. <laughs> that wasn't fair. This is what uh, I believe I had two players who decided to go on the injury list as of yesterday. And in this league, if that happens to you, just good luck. Nothing. There's yeah. nothing you can do. Absolutely yeah, nothing the, you can do. It's an insanely shallow league because of how many players and uh, teams we have. Um, yeah, so it worked out worked out for me. Um, but you know, you won against who's on uh, Russell Wilson. So yeah, that'll whatever. Happen. That'll happen. Because um, you won by you good won, job by me. Well, one, it's not over. I still got Lashawn McCoy. Two. <laughs> <laughs> You you're gonna win by nine points as of right now, and that's so what two of, projected to have one point. It's with my it's, yeah, it's with my two. It's with two players with zero. Probably make it three. So it's, I would <laughs> I would stop pounding your chest right now. <laughs> okay, all that matters is the W at the end. It is. It is. Well, congratulations, Casey. Yeah, you won yeah. this round. All right. All right. Good job. Good job by me. All right. Well, that is it for me, Casey. As always, you guys can find us on Twitter at 130Breeze. Casey's at Prof Badger Fan. I myself am at Marlo JR. That is it for me, Casey. If you have any last words. Well, as always, fellow fans, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports. <laughs>